Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports School at Arena. This week we talk to reformed fullback Liam Rose, we speak to the journalist Ray Gatt and discuss our trip to Spotless. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. How are you guys? Alright, how are you? Evening peeps. Three winning podcasts in a row. How's your Valentine's Day? That's never happened before. Could not be better. Mm. My, how about, do you reckon our Valentine's Day was on Sunday with three points? Yep. That was, that was mine. Because mm-hmm. that's definitely. all the action I get. Not mine. Failed to turn up. Didn't Dogged even it. go. Oh, no. Dogged it. Dogged no. the boys. I was doing important things. Rubbish. You, mi- you missed out on yearing the boys with us. I was trying to talk myself into that. I wasn't doing anything important enough not to be there. All right, you ready? I reckon these two don't even know this band. And I reckon you might not know it either. Aaron looks confused, so I'm going to say he doesn't either. There's a familiarity there, I just can't... Three wins in a row? Three dimensions? Yeah. Too easy. I think that's the first one I've got. About time. It's a pretty easy one. Which band is this? I'm digging it. Yeah, Something for Kate. Ah. Oh. This is a You're talking about yeah. it. You're talking about it when we're going to yeah. the game. They played um, Are a they massive festival in um, Philadelphia to one person in their crowd. Are they from here, the <laughs> coast? No. Where are they from? Uh, they're Australian. I don't know where oh. they're from. Sorry. Elsewhere. I'm going to say Adelaide, maybe? Can't remember. Anyway, yeah, so three wins in a row. It's the first time since 2014. Cheering. First time in a long time, and it's about time. <sighs> Loved it. It was so good. I was about like an hour after full time. I was still sort of. Did we just win? No. Yeah, it was, it sitting a, in the pub. I was, was a bit. I was still a rather. What about when we're like when that. we're two 0 up and what was it the eightieth minute? And I look over to Luke and his hands shaking. That's how much it meant. Yeah, He's, he was literally shaking, was, hoping no, that, that hoping that there was going to be full worried. time. I was pretty worried. <laughs> I can't handle it. That shit, especially when we're two 0 <laughs> up. Because that's never happened before, being 2-0 up when they're losing. It's never happened. Mm. No, it was, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed the away trip. It was good. Yep. Palm trees. All the bay. people all the people that don't go to Wanderers away because there's this preconceived notion that something's going to happen. Nothing happened. It was all good. The view didn't look any better than last time, boys. It was worse. They've actually moved the field away from the... You could see where the corner flag used to be. They've moved the field closer to the RBB. I literally felt like I was in Parramatta watching the game. That's how far away it was. Not only that, earlier on, when before I decided I had to stay home and do my chores, then I ha- had it in my head I was going to go. So I got online, tried to buy a ticket, and of course you can't buy a ticket in the away bay. Yeah, I, I tr- yeah we that, found we that tried, we, me, me and Phil were standing outside hoping we could try and get a free ticket, but we tried to get them online and for some reason they wouldn't let me get a ticket in the away bay so I just had to go to the, the gate and buy a ticket. Yeah, well, I think that's the first time I bought a ticket at a gate in about three years. It wasn't so much the ticket either, it was also the price. It would have been $35 including was, the... Yep. It was 29 concession for me. Yeah, so that I could sit in a, a bay that was almost out of the stadium. It was so far away from the But game. I was okay with paying 29 because we won and kept a clean sheet, yeah. so I was happy with it. True. Yeah, the away bay last time was temporary scaffolding, scaffolding mm. above uh, like a gate where like the monster trucks would drive in where they 
um, when they have those there, and they it felt as if we were being we were being contained like animals. Yeah, it was like because we were so rowdy and uh, full of hooligans. Mm. But they they've got rid of the scaffolding and they moved just to the left and down the bottom, and you can't see shit. No, mm. good times. Um, yeah, so drinks went down well afterwards. Yeah, they did very easily. Winning drinks. I wish it was a Saturday though. Winning would drinks. have been better eh, if it was a Saturday. Would have stayed longer. Yeah, Sunday. I think we've had about what too many Sunday games in a row. I've got the way too many. Sunday Sunday games are just not enjoyable. Our first four games of the season are all Saturday. Then we go Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Thursday, Sat, Sun, 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 Sun. So we, we hmm. so we last week. Adelaide and then Wanderers. That's was two Sundays in a row, and then we've got the Jets on a Sunday, and then we've got City on a Sunday. So we've got what's that? Five Sunday games in a row. Mm. Love it. Sundays are great. Thank you, FFA. But it looked Thanks like for thinking was, of us. It looked like the uh, celebrations went long and hard, and maybe even still going. It started when um, Paolo smashed everybody in that uh, scrum that went. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you see the replay of that? He like completely like um, bowled Ivan over. Oh he, yeah, I could watch that all day and still laugh. He ruined the goal celebration. Yeah, he ruined the goal celebration. Ivan was going to do that stupid meme thing with Roy, and just as he went to do it, he just got cleaned up. By the boss, but even well that, done, it's quality, wasn't it? It's good to see just the outpouring of passion and, and um, fans afterwards. It's good, yeah. It was good to see. Did you see me wanking off the palm tree? No, although I have seen some Probably social media comment about the palm tree. Did you notice how Fox <laughs> Fox didn't put the camera on us once <laughs> during the whole game because of last week? Good reason, thanks, oh. Luke. Yeah, no, not during the game, but after the game, you did get a little bit of a shot, boys. I saw you there. Yeah, that was the only time they saw us. Apparently, was like after the game when the players were walking over. Two things. Number one, was it clear when we were awarded the penalty that it was a penalty? To me, it was. Because we, we didn't even no realise. We had no clue. There was about, what, 10, 15 seconds? The crowd completely fell silent. I didn't even think the Wanderers fans well, knew what happened. Well, when he blew the whistle and pointed to the spot, which is what it looked like to me, the first thing I then saw when I, my eyes moved to the next thing of attention was uh, Liam Rose fist pumping. No, we honestly... We, I think we heard the whistle. I thought. I thought it was a foul to them because yeah. I thought I thought Rose or whatever, whoever had like had like completely jumped over someone and given a foul away. So I was like, oh, okay. We all just stood there going, "Oh, what was that for?" Absolutely. And then no like resistance. 10 seconds later, was it? Like, was oh, it? It's a penalty. Who who said it? Was it? Was it Rhiannon that was the first? Like, is that a penalty? Yeah. Mm. And then everyone's like. Yeah, penalty! Yeah, oh, I, well, I think there was a sense of confusion amongst the commentators yeah. as well, so so maybe it was just me who saw that, but but for me, it was pointing the spot, it was blowing the whistle, it was Rosie fist pumping, it was, and it was Aspro um, with his head in his hands, and there was not even the most slight complaint, was there? I thought uh, he blew a indirect at first, because it didn't look like he was pointing to the spot, and I thought, what's he blowing an indirect for? I had just absolutely no idea. didn't help that we couldn't see at all. And the other thing... The IBB had themselves the IBB mic'd had up themselves and playing through that the stadium. That was strange, wasn't that was it? That's strange. really strange. And it was clear as day. It was, it was so day. obvious as well. So, so you, you, when you looked down the end of the stadium, you could see what, that when they clapped, you could hear it. There was an as echo. Clear as day. No, it wasn't even an echo. It was like a, it was what about a second delay? No, no, no. So what was happening, when you looked at them clap, you could hear them clap like exactly the same time. 
was from the audio, so you could tell it was mic'd up and then sent down to our end and throughout the stadium. And then you heard the audio come live from them um, across the across the way. And the and funny thing yeah. is, is that it didn't happen in the second half. Yeah, it when stopped they, happening in the when they half. turned it off at half time, it was blatantly obvious that it was on in the first half. Because yeah. at at first we we're like, is that coming through the speakers? And then we're like, yeah. And then we we're going, oh maybe it's not. And then we're like, no, yeah, it is. And then by the end of the half, we were. Like we were 100% convinced that it was, and then when they switched it off, you could definitely tell it was coming through the speakers. It's quite strange. Yuck! Mm. It's pretty hilarious. Mm. Well, they're trying to keep the volume they had at Parramatta up, and yeah, they probably not for that. They still haven't won it spotless. The the stadium move isn't going well for them. No. Parramatta was so good for them because it was a great atmosphere and a great stadium, whereas Spotless is not a football stadium. You're too far away. You can't really see anything. The atmosphere sucks. So actually, the other thing it, was it gives an advantage, I think, to the away team. It do, or it doesn't give an advantage to the to the home team anymore. That stadium. The other thing that was, uh, I th- think, maybe an advantage for us was how poor the surface was. To me, it looked like probably Gavin Lock Oval in Gosford was better than than that um, at the moment because it's just been redrained. I couldn't see, mate. <laughs> we we, we could barely <laughs> see. Well, on on TV, it was appalling, and uh, you know. I, Sorry, what was the crowd, by the way? It was under 10. It was under 10. It was like 9,600. Okay, well, running on from that, um, round 19's total attendance of 38,651 is the lowest round total since the A-League became a uh, 10-team competition. Mm -hmm. A stat. It's not great. Are you Andrew Howe in disguise? Last night didn't help. How how many did they have up there? 5,000 odd? 6,600, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. Um, oh. I, I don't know if... We can't really say that the weather had that much to do with it, really. Cause the, so the Wanderers have, what, 18,000 members? So they're yeah. only getting half their members to games. By oh. the time by the time it got to around lunchtime and the, on Sunday, it was pretty obvious that it was going to probably cool down. So um, It was actually spitting rain that cool, kick-off. Yeah. That cool, yeah, it was. That cool change came in about, what, 9 o'clock, 2 o'clock? No, yeah. later than that, mate. But it was well forecast, and even I at home knew that heat wasn't a reason for me not to be there. Yeah. Well, we're at the pub at, what, 3-ish, 2.30. Yeah. And um, it was still warm then, but then you could see the change coming over. Yeah, yeah. you could see the, the, the grey grey clouds coming over ANZ, so you could tell that there was a cool change coming. Mm. Anyway, um, FFA and A-League head uh, team uh, CEOs, chairman, whatever, owners, uh, meeting right now. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Um, early news is that it's not great. So, so apparently expansion isn't is shocked. being put on the back burner. Pushing back again. <clears throat> which isn't a surprise, but it's typical FFA. Well, it's, it's definitely a big week because they're meeting with the state federations. They're meeting with... All the owners and the chairman, um, and I don't think they're going to be happy somehow. Mm-hmm. I think, I think ex- the you know it's sort of come out that expansion is going to be put on hold. There was a group set up um, about how to help uh, improve the W League, and apparently they've only met once since that's sort of all been put together. Um, so that's been put on hold again. Um, I've only seen one thing about the voting structure um, this afternoon that that's also going to be put on hold. By the time this comes out, we'll probably know more, but it's not good. I don't think it's going to be good. 
We've we've got a growing number of reasons why the game needs to evolve, and it seems that there's a bit of stagnation now at the top. And I, I'd have, I'd be one of the first people to advocate that we needed some uh, almost uh, tyrannic type um, management when the A League started. But as the A League has grown, we now need a better democracy, the right people having the right says, and and the common pattern at the moment seems to be that the FFA is not strategically planning anything very well, reacting to a lot of things, and generally pissing off the stakeholders, which. Uh I dare say that at this point in time, a lot of people would be looking at those guys and thinking to themselves, how about we get a football, genuine football person at the helm of that? I think it's been that way since Ben Buckley was in. Well, at least back then, we needed a level of sort of authoritarian approach. In no, order it to I think that was about the time it should have started changing. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Oh, maybe not, because when Gallup first came, I was pretty confident that that strong kind of management and uh, more general management than just football was important for the product. But as the first no, couple my of years advertising passed, and, you know, all that sort of jazz has just been shit since about halfway through the A-League's history, yeah, mate. I, I, yeah, that's probably right, but I don't know that Buckley lasted that long, to be honest. I think Gallup came in at about that point, so... So I was happy with Gallup coming, but after a couple of years, we needed to start to actually evolve things. And to me, there's just been too little change and too little planning. And, and as a result, the things that we're tactically carrying out every week are all reactionary and poorly planned and miss the ball. There's no foresight at all. No, they're just seemingly sort of forgotten about that while they worry about things like, well, I don't even know what they're worrying about. I don't know what they're worried about. It's yeah. we're going to push this back, push this back, and push this back, and it's sort of like, well, are you actually doing anything? Yeah, that, you know. Besides me- flying to Zurich for no reason, other than just to say hey to fans and then come back. Yeah, and it's silly things like pushing us into being down in Canberra because of the population issue. Like at this point in mm. time, aren't there more important issues? And there's nothing worse than pissed off club owners because they say stupid things and probably do stupid things in the end. Surprise, surprise, they're all losing millions of dollars and they want to actually have a better say in things. Duh. Um, Last bit of news. Patron saint of the podcast, St John of Gosford, has moved on to Seattle Sounders FC2, uh, where he will be the assistant coach of the second team there. So Fight and win. John Hutchinson. <laughs> been hanging to say that. <laughs> I've, been, well, I've been waiting for it. Come on, Seattle. Fight and win. Well, that, I'm happy for him because um, I think... Probably last season probably left him pretty heartbroken, to be honest. Um, I think he was finding it kind of tough um, ever since then. So um, I'm happy that he's got somewhere. And, well, this um, is he's happy. This is what he needs, isn't it? He needs to go and cut his teeth on something away from um, you know where he made his name and uh, come back to us when we love him. If you don't know what Josh is talking about, Fight and win! this. This is a. Um, this is Seattle Sounders active. The guy looks like some crazy guy you'd find on a street somewhere. He looks like a serial killer. Yeah, so it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Anyway, so John has to put up that weirdo. <laughs> um, yeah, wish him all the best, um, him and Kate. And um, I think yeah. he, I think he needed. Uh, it's good that he got a job overseas too. It's obviously probably tough, you know. You've got to pack up your whole life and go over there. But I think he probably needed to go away from the coast for a bit. Yeah. Well, he tried getting a job in the UK, wasn't successful. Yeah. So I'm glad he's 
found somewhere to go. Look forward to catching up with him uh, when he gets settled in over there, eh? We're going to try. We'll see how we go. Right, Fred's questions and Rebecca's apparently. Um, well, it's probably her <clears> since, you know, don't worry. <laughs> go on. <laughs> nah, edit. That's staying in. Right, the game um, started strangely with neither side really firing and didn't seem to gain momentum until the second half. What clicked for the Mariners or what fell apart for the Wanderers? I'd sort of disagree with the neither side really firing since the Wanderers pretty much dominated us in the first half. Yeah, we were not in the first half at all. No, not at all. They completely dominated and probably should have scored in the first half but didn't. Probably should have scored in the second half. What... What what did we do in the second half that was better? I think we just got into the game, really, in the second half, and obviously getting the penalty was a good thing. And then we sort of we sort of we sort of played on the counter because we we absorbed a lot of pressure from them. I think our defense. defenders and our goalkeeper is a won this match for us. I, I thought Posco and Rose were brilliant. Yeah, I think um, coming out of center, the back center of defense. Coming out of the back in the first half, we were pretty average, and we yeah. we lost the ball that much, and we just invited the pressure. And it's about time we had some luck. Anyway, I feel as if last season they would have put probably six on us would in the first yeah, half. Would have been about six nil. It seemed like their tactic was a little bit of an old tactic to me. That it, it seemed like what they wanted to do was play midfielders uh, up front so that they could put a lot of pressure on our defenders while they were trying to play they up played, from the back. They played a false nine, didn't they? Because Nichols is yeah. a striker. And they did a decent job of that, although the Popper was criticised for not having Sandalab in the team. And they, So they did cr- create opportunities, but really I, did, I thought they were really half chances, to be honest. And uh, even uh, Roy's chance, I thought when Roy had the one-on-one that was almost a fluky through ball um, the and hit the keeper. Was, yeah, yeah uh, that I thought was the best chance of the game when it happened. And we'd already seen Nichols and Antonis, I think it was. No, Martinez and Antonis have cracks at that point. So yeah. so they did put a lot of pressure on us. But I thought all we really did um, was um, try to stick to our game plan and um, try and pep it up a little. We struggled in places where we have been traditionally good. We We really didn't play as well on the wings as we have recently, did we? No, no, no they... Seem to go wandering yeah. somewhere. It was yeah. a tough game for Trent and uh, for Payne. So, um, yeah, nice. nice. Oh, we all love Trent here, but I thought Trent had pretty. He had a pretty average game. Probably his most average game he's had in A League for sure. He was pretty quiet. I think who was who was it that was marking him was pretty much dominated him. Was it Clisby or no, Neville? One of them. One of their fullbacks that was on Trent pretty much Clisby, shut him out of the game. Clisby, I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, Neville really did kind of the same thing to Paney, not to mention Neem in the thigh so he could have a nice yeah. cork there, Yeah, um, which probably didn't help his uh, performance. He's a dirty player. Yeah. Didn't and, like he's a, and he's a former scummer, that's why. We don't like him. Right, second question from Fred. How fucking good is Izzo, even oh. after being hit in the head after two, like two weeks in a row? That horrible language, I don't appreciate that. Get out of the bay. <laughs> I've been in there long enough. I know how it goes. <laughs> how good was Izzo? He was he was good again, and solid. Like like they said in the question, getting hit on the head again. We'd never all bloody headbutting him. I was. I thought he was going off. So did I. I thought he had concussion and he was getting hooked. I thought you were talking about Neville. I can't believe he didn't get a yellow for it. True. Yeah. 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 If it was a Mariners player, it'd be a send off. It'd be eight weeks. Yeah. He just uh, he just seems to keep on growing and growing. He didn't he didn't have to make as many sort of crazy saves like he has to like he had to do the last few weeks, but he was just good. 
and that's what we need. <laughs> that was that first one where he went down early and then managed to... Yeah, he sort yeah, of slipped. So he slipped. <laughs> that was his own mistake, and then it was a good little save after that. Yeah. Um, two things on his own. Number one... He doesn't like us. He doesn't like us. <laughs> um, post-game Still. celebrations, we um, sung his name and he sort of looked the other way. So, you know, it's, I know we copped a lot of shit last year. And, you know, you just can't sort of fix something I was like guilty. That. I was guilty of that, for but sure. you're just going to alienate fans even more, I think. But the weird thing was, when we had him on here, he seemed fine. Yeah, and we caught up with him recently, and, you know, really, he was fine. Um, but Or maybe um, he just didn't think it was... He has recently been interviewed and quoted talking about the Izzo out thing, and it obviously did sting him. Um, so I think it would. I think it would sting anybody. Being well, abused, young. being abused in the street. I don't know. Who, I don't know like who that. that was, but that's that's not on. He's young, and we were burning him about consistency issues at times. And to just give an example that I didn't bring up a second ago, that's what uh, you get from young players. And Izzo is a very young player for a goalkeeper. Trent on the weekend um, was silent. Um, are we? Posting yeah, but you're not going to go Trent out, are you? No. Well, you know. Hashtag that boy out. And that's that's the difference, that uh, when Izzo makes a mistake, guess what it's happens? It's definitely criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely goalkeepers get more criticism if they're average than probably any other position. Well, it's more position. obvious when they're not doing a very good job. Yeah. So, on the record, I did not Izzo out, Paul. And he deserved the clean sheet. He deserved the clean sheet as well. <laughs> right. Um, that's That was a bit And weird. the other thing. <laughs> we... I think we're a massive chance of losing him to um, back I'd to Adelaide. Might, might, seems as if he wants to probably go back to Adelaide, which is sucky, but... The club need to make him a decent offer. Mm. Commensurate with him being go. potentially our first team keeper, which he has managed to seal that spot. And into the future, why wouldn't we think he has the potential to really wrap that up and become the best keeper in the league, perhaps? Mm. We were talking about this before. Yeah, we were were speaking about this before. He was basically signed on as a number two to Liam Reddy, and then obviously we all know what happened with that. So his his wage hasn't increased. What happened with that since then? (laughs) I hate talking about it, but his his wage hasn't increased since then, and he's basically now the number one, no questions asked. So um, he deserves to have a pay rise, and um, the club need to come on board. Let us hope we're doing our best at that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if what so if you offer them a low, a low pay, they're going to say yeah, nah. Yeah, find somewhere else to go. Yeah, and given that he ha- he's quite inexperienced, then the numbers that we're talking, we're not talking whether or not he's going to get nine hundred thousand or eight hundred and fifty thousand. So the difference between a good offer to him and a, an average offer to him is probably not a great deal of money. No. So I think well, just pay up. Him a good Look, offer. I think. I know we're running on a shoestring, right? But there's a spine there and you need to have a decent spine and you should spend decent money on a decent spine for a team and build around that. And I think he's the starting point of that spine. And we're not the only ones. I'm not sure if at this game or the previous game that commentators were all over the, the fact that he's oozing confidence. He's commanding his box. He's out to collect balls that some other keepers would stay away from now. He's punching when he needs to, catching when he needs to. Um, he's just 
solid in every area at the moment. Um, even when, uh, you know, those ones, that Martinez one where Martinez mistimes it, so easy for Izzo to let that through um, because he's, he is thinking that M- Martinez is going to make a good connection with that and he's got a milli- millisecond to make the decision. And when Martinez doesn't make a good connection, then he's got to re- adjust his position and somehow keep that out. That was a miracle. Um, so they're the kind of things that a keeper in form can do. A good keeper's worth their weight in gold, and now we, mm-hmm. and now he is one. Um, As I keep saying, they're worth yeah. like a fair yeah. amount of points per year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for a Defense. player like him to be on about a 150 mark, and mm. I guarantee he's not on anything like that now. Defence wins championships. We everybody knows that. So you know. Right on to Beck's questions. Uh, what is the appropriate FFA approved quarantine period for Asperopoetomides? Well, probably one week for that long name you can't pronounce. <laughs> um, take, a, take a Bex and lie down. Or go on off that question a little bit. What about when, um, was it Clisby like putting a swing, swinging arm on Roy and Roy went straight down? There wasn't much in it, but that was basically what Roy got sent off for doing, which yeah. was pretty funny and Clisby got nothing for it. So, um, I don't know. Is this a, is this like a sarcasm? This is a sarcasm I think it is. question. Because isn't the it? next question is, <laughs> what is the medical term for what the fuck is wrong with Santa Lab? <laughs> um, I, you don't need a medical term for that. You've nailed it. <laughs> Probably then, can't say it on. No, you. I was going to say that bit would be beeping required. I think. But how he missed that chance in the second half when it was nil nil, I'll never know because it was a bad miss. Are they headed to the back post? Yeah, no, the one that... The side foot. The side foot that oh, went sorry, just wide. Oh, sorry, it was the side foot, yeah. 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 All right, we're joined by a chief soccer writer at the Australian newspaper, Ray Gatton. How are you, Ray? Good, great to be on the show. Well, great to have you. Um, now, we hear that you like your fishing, so we'll just get this question over and done with. Um, so, Morrow, you can ask it, mate. Oh, I've got a reputation, Ray, for being the um, fishing talker on the podcast, so I couldn't miss this opportunity to talk uh, to somebody with, who's like-minded. Uh, what sort of fishing do you like and where do you like to do it? Uh, e- easy question. I like, like to do it at the entrance and from a boat or actually from the beach at North Entrance. So yeah, I nice. like to go for flathead or brim and whiting, basically. Any, any um, nice and nice and easy. Any nice trophy fish you want to uh, tell us about? Uh, nothing really. Just a couple of nice decent flathead, you know, about forty-eight, fifty centimeters. Yeah, but that's about it. My ambition is to catch a big dewy one day in the Hawkesbury. So hopefully one day I'll do that, or um, we'll go to South Australia and uh, go for uh, snapper. Is bait or lures? Uh, bait, normally. I'm with you on the Dewey thing. I've been trying to do it for the last, uh, what is it, uh, 48 years now, and it hasn't happened for me yet, Ray, but uh, I'll give you some tips if I find out how I can do it. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. Love to, love to learn, try and get one anyway. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully the audience is still with us. Um, what did you make of our game on the weekend? It's been a while since we've had three wins in a row. Yeah, look... Um Tough first half. Uh, Wanderers were, um, were were on top, played some decent football. But uh, look, the Mariners hung in there, and and the longer the game went, the longer you, you know, the more you thought, well, maybe they can 
sneak something here, and 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 they did, and when there's uh, and it was fantastic what I'd done of him with uh, obviously a penalty and then a, then a cracking goal and um, he's a quality player and uh, look I think the Mariners are doing extra well so far and uh, fingers crossed that they uh, hopefully can make the make the playoffs or at least give it a bit of a shake. Uh, so you've written a couple of really good articles since that game and one of them was about Roy. Um, probably the worst thing that could have happened at, at this stage with his negotiations was scoring a double. Um, how big do you think the interest is from some of these other clubs that we're hearing and um, what do you think we need to do to hold on to him? Yeah, look, uh, lovely timing from Roy, wasn't it? A couple of, couple of great goals. It's 10, 10 for the season and uh, quality strikers like him are very hard to find. And uh, yeah, look, I am hearing that there are clubs in, uh, very interested, uh, three or four from the A-League and a couple from... From overseas, I spoke to his uh, manager, Paddy Dominguez, uh, yesterday. And, um, look, Paddy says that Roy is um, you know, keen to stay at the Mariners. And uh, having spoken to Roy myself, um, he certainly suggested that. that he's actually looking maybe to, to settling down in Australia with a young, young family. So, it's uh, you know, let, let's hope that the Mariners can come up with an offer that's... Um, that's that's suitable and uh, piques his interest because um, yeah he's certainly going to come in for a lot of um, a lot of attention from rival clubs and, uh, and why not he knows how to score a goal he's a passionate player he's he's strong he's robust and uh, he gives everything and uh, they're the sort of players you like. Do you think it might come down to um, him having some sort of a guarantee from the club that we'll spend more on some more quality players, which is? something that he's expressed and he's obviously at an age where he wants to know that he's in for a chance to win something. Yeah, look, that's probably got something to do with it. I hope, I hope the Mariners have got plans for, uh, you know, to certainly strengthen their squad because, you know, they certainly need, um, you know, two, three, maybe uh, four decent players there to help, you know, with, with the younger guys have already got there and, uh, look, Roy's no different to any other players who wants to win, win something and play in a decent team and, uh, yeah, if, if the Mariners can maybe uh, convince him that they're going to do that, then then all good and well, and um, you know they'll be part of the way to to keeping him. And obviously, money's going to be an issue as well, so they're going to have to come up with a with a fairly decent offer to, to keep him. So, how did uh, your support of the Mariners come about? Uh, interesting. I look up. I was going to the Central Coast mainly Long Jetty since I, I was a kid with the, with the family and uh, spent a lot of time there at Long Jetty. Then um, sort of didn't go there for a while, you know, as I started working all that sort of stuff. But uh, once I got married, uh, the wife also liked liked the Central Coast, and we started going there again for holidays. We've been going there for the last uh, 25, 25 years or so. So we've got a caravan at um, at Long Jetty, and it's. Uh, fantastic area and uh we've just bought a unit uh down at the entrance so um yeah certainly giving my commitment to the uh to the central coast and the the mariners um look i always had a soft spot for uh marconi in in the old national league uh, but when the a league started uh the mariners obviously you know with the connection to uh the central coast and i actually tipped the mariners to win the the championship in their in the first season and they made the grand final so uh yeah, it was pretty chuffed with that. How hard has it been to support the Mariners, Ray, while writing articles um, based on the club over the last few years? Yeah, difficult. You've got to find. Uh, look, I've got to try and find a balance and, and being fair and 
you know, uh, what's the word, uh, objective about, about about the club and, and its dramas. Uh, certainly, yeah, the season they won the um, they won the title was a very difficult year. Um, I think I was fairly on top of what was happening there with the players uh, and the, and the non-payment and the ownership battle and. Uh, I think I won the trust of the players with some of the stories I wrote, so, so that was good. But uh, look, in this day and age, I think a lot of journalists are, um, you know, not afraid to say who they follow. Um, Phil Rothwell is who um, used to be the sports editor of the uh, Telegraph and now now sports editor at large. He's he's an avid Cronulla rugby league fan, so he he makes no secret of the fact that you know he follows the Sharks. So um, yeah, I think um, yeah. Fair enough. I think most a lot of journalists would have a soft spot for um, for a club in the in the A League, and uh, yeah, it's good if you can show your colours every now and then. And is it getting easier or is it getting harder? Last couple of oh, years, in particular, have been pretty difficult times for us. Sorry, what was that? The last couple of years, in particular, have been oh, yeah, difficult yeah. times at the club. At my, at my stage of the career, it doesn't worry me whether people you know, point the finger at me about following a club or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, it, it does. It does make it hard when you know, when the club's not going well and there's, there's issues there, and you have to report on it. But you know, uh, basically, you've got to put your reporter's hat on. It's your, it's your job, and you've got to do it to the best of your ability. And if, uh, if it means that the the club comes in for criticism, then you know, good and well, that, that's what has to happen. And um, hopefully, you know, the criticism's taken the right way, and that um, you know that the club can move move forward and, and accept it, and uh, and know that they need to. To, to change things. So when you get a bit of information, how do you sort of filter it to decide whether it's reportable or not, you know, whether it's, you know, just just a rumour or if it's got a bit of truth in it? How do you decide what to go to print? Oh, look, you know, you hear things along the line. If you, you, you've got to, um, you know, uh, you might get it from certain sources that you, you've known for a long, long time and, you know, you know, get things not right nine times out of ten. So yeah, you you gut instinct sort of that goes with it. But yeah, if you get it from other sources, then you do your checks and balances and um, you know make a few phone calls and, and whatever. So it's all it's all about trust. I've been in the game now for 44, 45 years. So I've uh, built a lot of contacts that I know who are you know who are right on the money in, in in terms of what they know about what's happening in the game. So yeah, it's a lot of it's a fair bit of instinct and, uh, and, and yeah, uh, going with your gut. So with getting that information, um, it used to be a, a bit of an inside joke with us that um, the Mariners, you know, you could get any bit of information out of them as easy as possible. But um, how are you finding at the moment to get information out of the club? Um, Palo, out of the is Mariners, he, uh, Yeah, is Paolo running a tight ship? Yeah, he does, actually. He, he does, Um yeah, the information flows were yeah sort of um, slowed down a, a fair bit. Uh, um, yeah, I mean yeah, players come and go, coaches come and go, the club. So yeah, you, you build a, you tend to build a rapport with with players and coaches at certain clubs. Once they leave, then it, it sort of it, it dries up. But uh, yeah, look, uh, there's nothing much coming out of the Mariners at the moment. Yeah, it's probably it's probably a good thing to be honest. Yeah, because we could. Sorry, didn't interrupt, Luke. We we could pretty much guess a signing, you know, weeks before it actually happened. <laughs> so it's 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 well, it's good for a change that um, we can't actually do that. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, look, Sean uh, Milkamp is doing a good job at the club. Uh, I, I, re- I really think he's um, 
you know, he, he's excelled. Um, he's he's a coastie, of course, so he's his heart's with with the club, and the, and it's good to see as well. And uh, you know, let's hope that um, you know things keep getting keep getting better. I think we've seen signs that uh, the club might be on 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 the up again, but uh, certainly still needs a lot of more work to be done. What do you feel is the best structure for the A League ownership and the management that can best facilitate the growth of football in Australia? (laughs) That's a a very tough one. Um, Look, for a start, the owners certainly need a bigger voice uh, in terms of the FFA. Um, The the A-League and the owners, the clubs, provide, I think it's roughly 80% of the total revenue of the FFA. So the clubs and the A-League and the owners are entitled to... To a bigger say, and um, yeah, and that, and they deserve it. I, I, I think between the owners and the, in the since the A League started in two thousand five, we've lost around three hundred million dollars, which is a massive amount of money. And, uh, yeah. and the fact that some of them are still around, uh, you know, it's a testament to the fact that they they really love the game and and they want it to grow. Uh, in terms of the A League, obviously, yeah, uh, expansion is a must. Um, Ten teams is not enough. Uh, Playing each other three times a season uh, gets a, a little monotonous, and even the, uh, the the derbies are losing a bit of their their luster. Yeah, Sometimes it's guaranteed nine there. points, though. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. So promotion, relegation, second division—they've all, all got to come into the equation. I, I don't know how quickly. Certainly, it's something that needs to be looked at very, very carefully, especially where you're going to expand to, and you know the areas. Uh, obviously, Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane will probably get extra teams down the, <coughs> excuse me, down the track. So we'll just have to wait and see. It'll be interesting to see what develops from the um, owners' meeting with the FFA today, which is on right now apparently. So I'm sure there'll be a um, that'll be a fiery one. So. It is obviously a pretty big week for the sport, and with all the meetings that are going on, um, they've a few things have sort of trickled out earlier about um, how the W League reforms being put on hold and expansion, and uh, how the how the FFA board is all voted in. And that, do you think if the owners don't get their way, that they'll sort of there'll be some sort of brash decisions made by them because they're sort of they're well known for um, making maybe in the moment decisions and saying things in the heat of the moment. Yeah, look, that, that, that's going to be an interesting interesting one. Um, I think the owners have had enough. Um, they're certainly a united group. They form their own association, so that shows how serious they are. Uh, they're not afraid to back away from the fight and... Um, that's going to be the key issue if the FFA don't come come forward with the necessary reforms, and and certainly if the FFA don't give them the owners, the clubs uh, a fair share of the um, TV deal, then there's going to be there's going to be drama, I think. And um, where will lead us? I don't know. People are talking about breakaways and and whatever uh, super leagues, but um, look, uh, hopefully it won't get to that. I don't think it will get to that. Hopefully, common sense. We'll, we'll Do you think there's any potential, Ray, for the uh, Club Owners Association to become the uh, vehicle by which the A-League is run? Um, that's an interesting one. Certainly might be scoped there. Um, so, look, the A-League 
needs to be run independently of the FFA. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. The the other clubs need to have need to have control of, of their own, own destiny. The, F, the FFA have got so much on their ha- on their hands at the moment. You know, the grassroots, uh, the women's game, the national teams. I think, I think there's something like 12 or 14 national teams they've got to look after. And, um, yeah, so it's one hell of a job. And, as I say, I think the, the clubs need to have an independent league. Uh, it, it happens all around the world, and uh, I think the sooner, the, sooner the ha- it happens, the better. You wrote an article, a pretty interesting article, about Melbourne City um, describing sort of their current attitude and their culture. Uh, what did you make of the game on the weekend with uh, what was about almost half or over half of their normal starting lineup out? All the big heads are out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Look, that that was interesting, and and that that's part of what they need to show. Um, that's a, that's sort of a culture that that's you know the, the kids sort of led the way. Um, there's a, there, I don't know if it's the right word, but there's an arrogance around Melbourne City at the moment that a lot mm-hmm. of people don't don't like, um, yeah. and certainly some of the senior players haven't um, covered themselves in, in glory. As I, as I pointed out, there's been a whole lot of issues this season where they've uh, attracted un, unwanted you know, you know, criticism, uh, diving, uh, Bruno Fornaroli's. Uh, Speech after winning the FFA Cup, Dean Bazanis's actions, uh, five players getting booked in the one game. I mean, that's total lack of lack of discipline. But to be fair, the City Football Group—they've only been involved in charge for about two or three years, and, and it takes a while to build that sort of culture. Uh, I understand that some of the people higher up at the City Football Group sort of agreed with my um, with my uh, article the other day. So, so they they understand what's needed and, and and they need to change too they need you know they've, they've got a big fight with melbourne victory for the hearts and minds of football fans in in melbourne and and they're, they're not going to win them over with with behavior like that so you know hopefully they take that take that on board and um and and start moving forward yep um what do you think the the new tv deal is going to do for um squads yeah i will I'll, obviously it depends on how much the ffa is going to uh, deal out deal out to the clubs i mean there's got obviously going to be an an increase, so you know, hopefully the clubs can spend that wisely. Um, you know, they've, they've done pretty well to find some decent players around. You know, um, look at Sydney FC with with, with Ninkovic and um, Melbourne City with Fornaroli and guys like that. Um, yeah, so if they're going to get an extra 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 money, then um, you know, the chance of finding or attracting more uh, better players is going to be. Um, yeah, is going to increase, but uh, hopefully some of the clubs use the money to buy players and not to, you know, just put in the pockets of the owners and you know, uh, and then forget about it because um, yeah, that money's there to help improve the club, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us this week, Ray. I appreciate it, mate. No, any any time, guys. Always happy to help. Thanks, Ray. Good luck Bye, with guys. that, Dewey. Bye. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Catch up. All right. Right, reviews. Our first game of the round was Thursday night. There was a game on every night now. Sydney against Wellington. Sydney winning that 3-1. No surprises there. No real surprise. Um, Sydney pretty dominant. 
their second goal was probably the best well-worked goal I've seen in the A-League this, at least this season. On a really shit pitch as well. Yeah, and Sydney didn't get charged for their the venue hire because of how pitch bad the pitch was. They pitch got charged hire. for venue, but they, pitch waved, they waved the... Because the Rugby Sevens was on during yeah. the week. The Rugby Sevens were on the pitch. It was really bad too. So how they managed to score that goal is uh, pretty scary, considering. But Sydney, easy. Wellington are still crap. And, um, and then crowd again, but. and then Sydney having the derby this weekend, when and the Wanderers obviously coming off a loss against us, mm. that'll be uh, you'd have, you'd have to say Sydney are going to win another derby pretty easily. Yeah, there was absolutely no one there, so another poor crowd. Mm. Right, second game, Adelaide at home against Perth. Adelaide winning, uh, sorry, Perth winning that five nil. Wow, <laughs> I starting I did did tip a draw. Last week because I'm an idiot. I may have done. The and same. then I remember, I remember thinking like during the game, I'm like, Perth should probably win this. And we remember we were out. We 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 were out at the Terrigal. Yeah, we're out at the Beery where we saw Connor and Storm. And then I got home, and then I checked Twitter, and I saw it was three 0 at half time. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, well Perth are going to win this easy. And they seriously, Perth could have scored like eight, eight mm. or nine, even double figures. It I was thought- target missed of. Like two or three guilt edge chances. Yeah, I thought Perth would do it easy, but I didn't think they'd do it that easy. Adelaide yeah. just crumbled, so they're in they're in strife. Hopefully, I thought Perth uh, were okay, yeah. but Adelaide were crap. Adelaide Adelaide made them look extremely. They were training cones. Perth Adelaide. didn't really, Perth didn't really yeah. have to get out of first gear. Really, they well, just Perth were just training. Perth, yeah. Perth penetrated the Adelaide defence so bloody easy, mm. and it started with that brilliant um, finish from LaRocca. And uh, didn't really get any better, to be <laughs> Off honest. Off his shoulder. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, that was unlucky, but very funny. I eagerly await Fox and uh, everyone else to call for Adelaide to be relegated. Yeah, surely they must be soon. I'm waiting to. Doubt it. Fair mm. is fair, mm. is it not? Well, they're in danger of getting less points than we got last year if they keep it up. So mm. um, it'll be, and especially with their ACL commitments coming up, then they're going to be that, busy Wouldn't boys. that be hilarious if they didn't get as many points as we did last season? Mm. What, did we, what did we get last season? 13? 12 oh. I think they're on 13, aren't they? No, they're on 11 oh. got, I'm sure we got 12 last year, didn't we? Yeah, something like that So they'd need, oh, they need to only Make it 13 So they'd only be allowed to get one draw and Oh, we're 12 behind losses. We're 12 behind really yeah, yeah, that sounds right I <laughs> think. But I think losses. we made 13 So they've still got two points to get And maybe they'll get it But there's not much to like about them Right, uh, Saturday night Melbourne City at home against Brisbane Two all Mm. It was a two-all game, but for me, it wasn't that exciting. No, the referee, been, the referee took over. Yeah, two penalties, that two ridiculous yeah. penalties. penalties. Yeah, we're talking about refs, but and being crap again because they were crap usual. decisions. It's at least one game around where it's just butchered completely. Yeah, yeah. I got like I feel bad for Rosie. I, I feel really bad for him because it was never a penalty. And like you said before, it was sort of a bit of a clumsy attempt at a challenge in the box, but it was never a pen. No. No. And it looked bad. Like it looked ugly and clumsy, yeah. but yeah. The best the best part was nobody even appealing for it in the slightest. And then all of a sudden he blows the penalty and everyone sort of stood up and went, Oh, we've got a pen. It was sort of a bit like our penalty, really. Everyone was sort of a bit what's going on there? Right. Oh, is that a pen? Yeah. 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 And then there was the one uh, Ingham on Fitzgerald, yep. which was never a pen again. No. Softest pen ever. 
and and that wasn't it. We well, they had, missed the one on Caceres, which I They're thought was a pen for sure. <laughs> I know. Um, looked like the most obvious thing in the world to me, <sighs> but no, not to that. So referees, A League referee. Noticeable that even with the young players uh, who had to take over from the um, massive heads that left for suspension reasons, um, there was still a lot of bad attitude among City players. Mm. Run at the ref when you don't get the decision going your way, and all of that. Oh, sort of. that I can't stand Melbourne City. I cannot stand it. Uh, like uh, we we talked to Gaddy before, and he sort of commented on the uh, sort of like the big headedness and the egos around the club affecting affecting performances. Maybe money money getting to their head. Anyway, yeah, definitely. Sunday uh, we beat Wanderers two 0 yes. Three wins in a row. If he told if he told me four weeks ago we'd be winning three in a row, I would have probably thrown you off the center of excellence and been like, "You're an idiot." Sold the back nine. That uh, back line. Solid back nine. Back nine. Yeah, back nine, yeah. Is this a golfing That's a podcast golfing now? Podcast, yeah. Golf plug. Um Roy <laughs> with the two goals. I've I've been trying penalty to penalty th- was pretty penalty was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to think how to describe the performance over the last couple of days. I think it's it's not it wasn't a great footballing performance, but it was mature. Like like Roy said in the interview after the game, mature performance, getting yeah. the three points done. They you know, we first half, like we said before, we just struggled. But we stuck to the game plan and we just grinded it out. And despite that struggling, we were still very tight in defence. We really Mm. didn't give away a lot of opportunities and we didn't make... I think Western Sydney were banking on us making mistakes so that they could capitalise and we didn't make as many. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. We didn't make as many and we didn't look fragile. Um, and uh, so their game plan ended up being well nullified, even though we weren't the dominant team. A lot of um, schoolboy errors in the first half, though. Bad passes, poor Coming passing. Coming out from the back, yeah. yeah. Hard to not blame the pitch a bit for that, because the commentators were talking about players slipping over and all sorts of stuff. There was a cricket pitch in the middle. Yeah, it was pretty well, poor. The amount they wetted the pitch before and at half time. And they, it rained before kickoff as well. They had the sprinklers on for about five minutes, I think, before the second half started when the boys walked out they had to stand off the pitch for about two or three minutes because the sprinklers are on still so i don't know why they were wetting the pitch that much well there's a lady out there too filling up divots yeah yeah i saw that and i was wondering what kind of what what put the pitch in that condition because looking around it those those rings of brown grass they look like giant siggy butt burns or um maybe uh in the uh during the days that they're not playing or training or whatever it's spotless they have 44 gallon drums that they have fires in or something like that because there's all these brown rings about the size of a 44 gallon drum around the pitch and just i know that's what they do the horse events during the easter show but oh maybe it's tires or barrels that go with that but it yuck yeah i think uh liam rose posco and mcging all were massive Mm-hmm. I think yep. the amount of one-on-ones that Liam Rose and Posco won, and McGing as well in midfield, but mostly Liam Rose and Posco, they were they were awesome, and they're not what you'd call probably naturally sized centre backs, especially Liam Rose. They're both smaller, yeah. Especially Liam Rose, so it's it must be hard for him as well to be knocked and bumped around. But what little weight that he has, he definitely throws it around a lot and. Well, they'd, they'd, bo- they'd both be what Posco would be, what, 5'10". Rosie would be 5'9", 5'10". Do you think a team playing in the air would be a danger to us? Massive. If, I think if so, we, yeah. Well, we did. If we, if we go up against a striker that's 6' plus. Or even Cahill. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think Storm, Storm sort of is still worrying me a little bit defensively. He just looks a bit off at the moment. I don't know. Sort of 
coming out from the back, he looks all right, but defending, he's sort of giving players too much room and it's sort of... There, were, there are a number nervous. of times where he'd gone forward to try and get something going and we've lost the ball and he's nowhere to be seen on the right. That was worrying me, for sure. Yeah. But I'm loving the whole defensive block of four there because I think one of the reasons why Posco and Rosie uh, have been looking good is because they're probably having less um, interactions, less um, being pulled out of position because holding midfield is doing a better job. McGing, do you think McGing to putting McGing into CDM has been a game changer? Yeah. Season it's a, changer? It's, it's still out for me whether or not in this game it was McGing or Rose that had the most impact. Um, mm. because and I think it's important because, like we were saying before, Monty, yes, he got the assist for Roy's other goal, but it maybe wasn't his best overall, game. it maybe wasn't his best game in the last couple of weeks. But the fact that McGing and Rose stood up in that sort of spine, I think that definitely says a lot to definitely. where we're going. Yep. Mm. And I think, like you said before, on the wings, we just we couldn't get into it on the wings, really. Trent, Trent struggled massively to get into the game. I don't know... If he was intimidated, Trent, Trent or, got marked out of the game for sure. Yeah, I don't know if he. So was what about there. Fabio at ten? It's working. Yeah, I'm is it is it working or? I think it is working. Yeah, I guess it is. It, I guess he's it is working not, if we're winning. He's still not. Was it been three games? Yeah, Perth, Adelaide, and this game. Yeah, and a few other ex- experiments off the bench. Definitely, like I've definitely been proved wrong in that. I thought Fabio at 10 would be yeah, a Yeah, but I'd like to see idea. him against a Sydney team or a Melbourne team where they've got better midfielders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. He, good, like, good point. He's not fit as it is, and I think against like a Sydney... He looks gassed after 70 all the yeah. time, every game. He'd probably have to work a lot harder to, to try and win the ball back and... Uh, he looks gassed as it is most and you're of the time. Right. But you're right. And he's been doing well to track back as well. He's been he's tracked back way more than he had, he had been previously. Yeah, he has. But his style, I think, will be difficult to maintain once he's got a couple of good holding midfielders clobbering him because he likes to try and uh, turn his man even when he's got his back to goal. And this is not something the tens necessarily should try to do. Um, and he gets away with it, and he has. And I kind of like that part but of his game. I think he holds the ball too much. He, he should does. be laying it off yep. square to um, Trent or yep. on the. Other side to Absolutely. And and sometimes when he is laying it off, it's just a, a second or so too late. Or was it all? Yeah, there was an occasion on the weekend where Trent made the run and Fab had the chance. If he put the ball it. through right, Trent would have been straight through and exactly. probably would have scored. But he just allowed another second to go by, and that was enough for the chance to have yeah. been lost. And, that's and it makes that. all the difference. Yeah, it does mm-hmm. make the difference. But but yeah, game of inches. Defense looks great. Um, the pen, clear rugby tackle Definitely. by Asbury. Definitely. It was obvious yep. pen. Get off him. Good penalty by Roy. Great pen. I think he smacked it hard, but um, it's just a good thing that yeah, it had that went uh, the and way, it had so. that little bit of curl on it that yeah. just made it go. Beautiful pen. And then the the ball from Monty was a cracker. Roy runs onto it, great, chips the keeper. Great easy, great Roy. chip. Yeah. Do you reckon veteran, veterans at fault here for mm. running out to try and get the ball and massively giving oh, Roy the chance just to chip him? Yep. Yeah, I, I think. think Cornflakes and Clisby or whoever it was, I think it might have even been Aspro maybe, were sort of close enough to Roy to try and push him away from goal and Janjetovic come out for some reason and Roy spotted it and, um, you know, contract negotiations going on makes it a lot harder to hold on to him. So. Sign him up too. Yeah. Please, please it's sign him up. Like I think we said the other week when you look at clubs around the league, Wanderers obviously need a striker starting with Mitch Nichols bringing a 35 four thirty five year old off the bench to try and score for him is obviously not working. 
Brisbane are going to probably lose Jamie McLaren. So there's clubs hanging around for Roy, and uh, we can't afford to lose I think that him. was the main two Can I? That, wanted, that were interested in Roy is Brisbane and Western Sydney. Yep. Also, apparently Newcastle, but... There's no, there's no way you'd go to Newcastle, surely. Hopefully not. Can I do my normal poo-pa, though, and say that there's a limit to that? Sure. I, don't, I don't know what the monetary limit is, but I want us to do shrewd business from now on, mm. okay? Mm. Um, Roy's great, um, but he's not the only striker in the world. And, you know, how much is it that is the limit to how much we should pay for somebody of Roy's quality before we decide that's too much and we move on to something else? There is a limit. I'm just putting that out there. It's a good um, point, yeah. It's a fair point. I'm not, I, Mate, I love Roy and I want us to re-sign him, but there is a limit. And if, if you know, um, if, if that means that we can't pay a certain amount because that hurts uh, the rest of the team, then I, th- I think that that's where we need to trust our management and trust our coach. And, and I feel like that's uh, a good part of our club at the moment. So if we lost him, you'd play Bingham up front then? Well, if, if we lost if him, we then lost we'd have him. money in the kick. A decent amount of money. Yeah, but That's finding a striker that scores if we lo- easy. If we lost him, we'd have to go out and find another striker that's as good or better. Well, take this how you will. In the same style? Playing but, yeah, style. yeah. But who bought, um, who t- who bought uh, O'Donovan to the club? I'm going to say Moss. And... Uh, no, it wouldn't have been Moss. He was he started last season with us, didn't he? Or was that, or has he been here longer? Wormsley. Wormsley. It, it would have been Wormsley. Either way, the point's the same that we never felt comfortable about any of the recruitment that either of them did, mm. and uh, so. I think the reason Roy's going well this season is he's adapted. I think there's that period with yeah. overseas players coming to the A League where they need sort of, what, a year or 18 months to adapt to the league and once they adapt, they're really good. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's my issue. If we lose him and then sign someone, can we afford to spend that time again having someone get used to no. the A-League and everything like that? No. And, and my point doesn't really extend into that. My point is really more, um, do you, I don't know what the numbers should be, but business, it, if, business, we're, if yeah. we're paying him $300,000, are we happy with that? How much, sorry? Sure. No, I'm just throwing that out there. He, I would like to respectfully disagree with you, Aaron. I'd I'd say break the bank just to get him to stay. Quite happy for disagreement. <laughs> love it. But yeah, I'd I'd love to keep Roy. I know he's not the only striker in the world, but I would really really like him to stay. And if we have to maybe pay overs, I'm okay with that. But so am I. But to, uh, where is that limit? That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. If he's if he if he wants a million dollars a year, are we going to pay him that? No, oh, we, we wouldn't ask for that. There's a figure there somewhere that you're avoiding my point yeah. on, and that yeah. is that no, you're right. there's a you're range right. of prices we should pay, and there's a limit to there's it. There's a point where we go, we won't be spending the whole cap next year again. We can't afford to pay this much. And yeah. it's important it's that we fix some other things in the team as well. So Roy's not the only thing for us to consider. And I'd have to say, we were just talking about Fab and his improvement, and it's, a, it's sort of the first time that I've started to think, well, you know what, should we keep Fab? This is something we were meant to speak about last week. Fa- Fabio's, so Fabio's playing well. Uh, another reason why he's playing well is he's playing for a contract. Yeah, well, every, everything we'd heard is that he'd, he's he's already been told that he's not wanted next season. But based on the performances that he's had in the last few weeks... Well, he's playing for a contract. If you re-sign him, he's not going to be playing for a contract. Well, yeah, but then he's going to be in the same position that he was being told he's not wanted. So I think based on the performances recently, how do you not re-sign him? He won't be in the same position as if we said we're not re-signing you because he'll have just been re-signed, which means he's got the full confidence of the manager. So yeah, that's, that's a completely different position. And then 
we're going to have three foreign spots for anyway because both the cousins are gone and now Monty's an Aussie. Yeah. Uh, so he we, was a Wormsley signing. He was a Wormsley signing. So yeah. We're, yeah. we're only going to have Rory and Fabio as our visa players, hopefully, if they both stay and we've got three foreign spots to fill up. That's the makings of a good squad. Right, the final snooze fest, Newcastle Jets against Melbourne Victory. No, we don't even need to talk about this. It was shit. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's it for the round. All right, we're back with Mariners medalist and defender extraordinaire, Liam Rose. How are you, Liam? Yeah, good, thanks, guys. That's good. Um... Now, was saying that the uh, defender's oath the stupidest thing you've ever had to do? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say the stupidest thing. Um, it was different, but uh, yeah, it's defender's round, or um, and you know we had to do it. So, um, I did you did have to? Honestly? <laughs> yeah, we had to. Oh, he, uh, said I to repeat after him, so I just did what he said. <laughs> you kept an excellent straight face. Yeah. How did you feel picking oh, up the I defender's had- award? Uh, yeah, I felt quite good. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think um, I deserved it. I thought Posco probably deserved it, but you know, um, it was a great team uh, defensive effort, um, and just really happy to get the win. Did you have a, a, a word to a few of the other boys and say like, you know, this whole defending thing isn't really that hard? You've played a couple of games there and then you win it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said that. No, um, I think no, you should. It's still an opportunity. <laughs> Um, the game on the weekend was probably the one of one of the best we've watched you play, um, especially the block from Jumpai, um, which was very important at that stage of the game. Um, what were your thoughts on the game overall? Yeah, look, I think I think we uh, probably didn't play as well as we have been, um, but you know, every every single player worked their socks off, and um, you know they kept fighting. Um, we created chances. Uh, we defend, as I said before, we defended very, very, very well. Um, but uh, most of all, we we worked hard, and you know we got we got our reward for that by scoring two goals and keeping the clean sheet. So it was a massive win for us, especially away to the Wanderers. Um, and we'll look to hopefully continue this form and um, get a win against Victory this weekend. So you arrived at the club about, what, three years ago now. Can you sort of walk us through the path from your, your junior years to the AOS through to signing with the club? Yeah. Um, yeah, I started very young. I played with my brother and stuff and then went through uh, reps uh, to the New South Wales Institute um, and then from there went to the AIS, which I spent two years there. Um, came on trial uh, at the Mariners when Graham Arnold was here. Um, and he signed myself and Anthony Callick at the time. Um, and then we came up after our time at AIS, and I've been here ever since. And it's been a great experience, still learning every day, um, trying to improve my game and everything. Um, so, And I'll keep looking to do that and um, putting my best foot forward. Speaking of Anthony Callick, he made the move over to Croatia. Do you keep in touch with him? Yeah, I do. Um, we're close mates, so... Um, I call him every now and then. Uh, he calls me. We keep in touch. Um, you know, he's enjoying life over there. Um, he signed, a, I think, a four-year deal. Um, so be impressed when he went over on that loan deal. So they signed him. Um, and he's doing well over there. So um, I'm happy for him. He's happy over there. So it's all good. 
you seem to have built up a pretty good relationship with Lewis Garcia last season, Liam. Has he been in regular contact? And if so, is he offering any good advice? Um, I did build a good relationship with him. You know, I got to room with him being a young player. That was that was incredible. Um, I, I wouldn't say regular contact, but he did message me the other week, uh, seeing how it was going and everything, and just you know little things like telling me to keep working hard and um, just stuff like that, and little things I can do in my game to improve it. Um, and yeah, we we message every now and then, um, but you know, not not regular contact, but um, you know, he, he was a great bloke. He cared about all the players here. He helped me out a lot. Um, and, you know, um, he yeah, he messaged me the other week and we had a good chat. Um, and he's doing well as well. He's enjoying enjoying life after football, which is good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the most, most we've seen you is really playing in the midfield. How's the uh, transition being back to centre-back and is, uh, is it something you're enjoying? Um, yeah, it's... it's definitely something I'm enjoying um, you know I, as you said I've played midfield pretty much my whole life um, but in the young soccer is under Paolo before I, ha- I have played centre back um, so he he knows um, I can play there and you know it's it's definitely a challenge playing against bigger guys different types of players um, but when you have people like Bosco next to you uh, Stormer Scotty Izzo um, you know they help a lot um, just of communication and, you know, Posco's experience, let's say, and same as Stormy and Izzo. Um, so that makes it a lot easier. Um, but, yeah, I'm enjoying it. So it's a new challenge and one that I'm trying to take with both hands. Um, this one's a sticky one. Where do you get your nickname, The Cowboy? That actually happened today. <laughs> Hot <laughs> off the press. Scoop. <laughs> Very fresh. Um, we got. We had to do a radio, a radio interview at uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, 101.3. Um, and we had to read out some stuff. But the stuff we had to read out was uh, ridiculous. And But we did it anyway. Um, and we didn't know at the time, but Brian and Gaundy were videotaping us the whole time. So... <laughs> Um, I think the video will go up on Thursday, um, and it'll be a good laugh for everyone. Fair enough. Why? What led to the cowboy? <laughs> oh, right. Sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> they, there was a, like a little part in what I had to say, where I had to say, like, yee-haw! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that you poor cowboy. guy. <laughs> what was worse, that or the defender's ice? <laughs> uh, Definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your inauguration song? Uh, I did two because my first one was that bad. Um, <laughs> nice. I sang, for the first one, I sang Follow Me. It was at the airport. Um, and I forgot the lyrics and I was standing up on the chair and all I was doing was clapping. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that didn't go down too well. Um, then I had to do it again at dinner and I sang Stand By Me and that was ten times better. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so you you've broke through into the squad sort of last season, and uh, you were rewarded by winning the Mariners medal in what was a really hard year, obviously. And uh, you had your contract extended until the end of next season. Um, how sort of important have the Mariners been for your development um, after coming here from the IS? And do you have obviously you probably do, but 
do you have any ambitions to go overseas anytime soon, or are you still happy to stay here in the league? Um, yeah, well, look, Mariners have been a massive help, you know. Um, I've, there's not many 19-year-olds that, have, that are playing regular A-League football. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to keep improving, keep learning every day um, and improving my game. But, you know, obviously it's, a, it's, a, it's something I want to do um, if the opportunity arises, but, you know, that's, that's further in the future. My focus here is at the Mariners for now um, with Paul Ocon and, um, you know, I'm just going to keep working hard and, as I said, hopefully we can keep stringing these performances together, getting some wins and um, keep doing well. Because one thing that we do see a lot here in the A-League is guys going overseas when they're way too young or they haven't sort of broken into the league enough. And having someone like Paolo here at the club who's obviously had a lot of experience overseas must help um, with that. And I'd say when when that time comes, he'll be huge in sort of helping you make that decision, won't he? Yeah, definitely. You know, he's, he's played at the highest level, as you guys know. Um, and, you know, um, he he knows... Um, he knows what it's like over there um, and he's been the coach at Young Socceroos so you know he's worked with the best young players in Australia um, and to have him here at the club is massive for us and for the young players and for the Mariners in general um, he's a great coach and you know he'll know better than anyone if you're ready to go um, and you know at the moment I'm just trying to do my best for him for the team um, and that's my main focus Last year, you were a part of the uh, what the youth championship squad, uh, including being captain. That must have been a, a pretty big uh, highlight for you. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, uh, um, that was just after Ocon left the um, the Young Socceroos set up and came to the Mariners, um, and we we ended up winning that tournament. And to be a part of that uh, and captain the side as well, um, you know, it was massive for myself and um, it's. I think it's the first team uh, trophy I've won. Uh, so that was definitely a big highlight and something I'll never forget. What were the highlights of that tournament, though, for yourself? Just the captaincy? Uh, what was that, sorry? Just just being the captain, or were there some uh, other highlights of the tournament for you personally? Yeah, being the captain, probably playing every second day, you know, getting used to that. Um and just being around the group of boys that we had um, to go to go through the tournament, we in the group stage we lost to Thailand five one, and you know everyone's saying like Australian football like what what's happening, and you know to play them in the final and beat them five one in the final where it, where it mattered um, was massive for us and showed what group of boys we have and um, we didn't end up qualifying for the World Cup which was very unfortunate. Um, but I'll definitely remember the tournament we won. Looking ahead to this week, we got a pretty big challenge at home against the Victory, who had a pretty poor performance last night in Newcastle, but I'm sure they'll be keen to make amends for that against us. What do you think we need to do to uh, try and contain them? Yeah, look, I, I don't think anything has to change, you know. Just keep playing the way we've been playing, working hard. Um, you know, we've... We, as I said last week, we probably didn't play the best football that we have been. Um, but, you know, the work rate is there. The desire to win the ball back after we lose it and defend. Um, and then, obviously, Roy up top, Connor Payne, Trent Bahaja, 
um, Fabio, who's been on fire as well. Um, you know, them going forward. Um, and then McGing and Monty, obviously, winning the balls back in midfield. You know, everyone's playing their part and um, we're going to look to keep keep doing what we're doing and um, hopefully put on a good performance again this week and um, get the three points at home. And how's your confidence uh, for the rest of the season going? You've been racking up the awards. It started, obviously, with that Mariners medal and, and uh, you were rewarded sometime this season with a new contract, I think. Um, just this week, it's been the Defenders Award. You made the Team of the Week with Paolo and Roy. The accolades are flying in. Uh, you must be feeling pretty good about the remainder of this season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm feeling confident, but, you know, it's, it's not... I, I don't really look into that too much. You know, you got to look at the team, and um, as I've said, when you've got people around you like Posco and Stormy and Izzo, uh, Scotty, um, and then plays in front of you like Monty, McGing, you know, it, it helps massively. It helps for your confidence, um, and it it it's helped me a lot. So, um, you know, I'm just gonna keep keep working hard, keep looking to do what I'm doing, and um, hopefully, we can keep stringing good performances together and uh, getting the results we've been getting. So how confident are you making the top six? Um, I'm confident. You know, I don't, we don't really like to speak about it. Um, you know, we're just going to take it game by game. Every game for us is a grand final. Um, so, you know, we're just going to look to the weekend and look to work hard and put on another good performance and hopefully get the three points. We don't want to think too far ahead um, or get complacent. Um, but, you know, we're going to keep working hard and hopefully... Um, you know, push for that, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. So on the weekend, uh, you said uh, after the game when we quickly had a ch- chat to you uh, that we had to ring you on time because it's Valentine's Day. So what are your plans? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm taking the girl I'm seeing out to dinner. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> that's, that's, that's stalkerish, Luke. <laughs> Too far. Good I just want to know if it's Good nice question. or not. Where do you live, mate? Too <laughs> much. <laughs> well, we yeah, hope you yeah. enjoy your Valentine's Day and uh, best of luck for this weekend. And we appreciate you, you coming on. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Rosie. Thank you. Thank you. See, See you guys. Bye. 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 Right, previews. Friday night, Adelaide at home against Newcastle. Oh, am I going to have to go back to I Tiffin Newcastle? I think we're going to have to go back to Tiffin Newcastle. I really don't want to. Draw. I'm just going to tip draw because I can't tip them. Draw. I can't tip either of them. Yeah, I'm going to jump on that bag bandwagon. Right. I'll go on the fence. I don't want to tip Newcastle this week. Adelaide couldn't be that shit again. Surely not. <laughs> Surely not. Can right. we? Can we just predict that both teams might have a have good time? A good time. <laughs> <laughs> Football will be the winner. Simpsons <laughs> reference. There. Football won't. Football won't be the winner because they both suck at it. <laughs> yeah, don't watch that game. Right, Wellington at home against Melbourne City. Oh, that's another one. Another another amazing round in store. Well, City are going to have all their usuals back except for Bazanis. Kale's going to be back. Fawn Riley's going to be back. Sorensen did well last week. Sorensen did. did get play very well, got men of the match. Well, it's because he's like 100 and he's been around didn't, for so many years. Yeah, didn't look like he'd been out for just about the whole season. Um, 
City should do that pretty easy over Wellington with everyone back. I reckon Booze Anus is done for the year. Booze <laughs> Anus? Well, that's, that's a new yeah. one. Sorensen is going to keep that spot for the rest of I'm the year. I'm going to say Booze won't get back in there. Well, well, add to that, Wellington are playing tonight. Yeah, what is that's the deal with weird. this? We've just, it's just we, were, we were talking about this when we weren't yeah. recording about how Wellington are playing some weird second division game. team. From it's a sister China. city friendly. Yeah, midweek during a season. That's weird. When and you're facing the most expensive team in the league on Sun Saturday. Yeah, I took a quick glance at the starting lineup. I didn't see the whole thing. It was, but a full, it was like it was almost full strength. Yeah, it was like Rydenton, Krishna. Rodriguez. Smelts were starting up front. Smelts. Why are they doing that? Why? Tricky strategy. And they're using video refs for the game too, which they've already already apparently stuffed up. So I don't know why they're doing that. It seems stupid with the mm. position that they're in. City. Yep, City. City. Right, Sydney Derby following that. Oh. Should be fun. I'm going. $15 tickets. Jumped on those the other week. So... Apparently they reckon that should could be reckon one of the, I could just buy one a tic- of the bigger crowds. Reckon I could just buy a ticket and come to use. Oh, it's just about sold out, apparently. I reckon the like, ticket should be fifteen dollars. Mm. I remember they were fifteen bucks. There's no the way it's no way eighty K it's at ANZ, isn't it? I yeah. kept thinking it was at Allianz. Well then it it's at ANZ. Out. They're looking at about a fifty five K. Yeah. Well it's it's hard to tip anything but Sydney really, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Sydney. Sydney Sydney should be Sydney. way too strong. Western Sydney are in bad form. I mean, they lost to us, so they're in bad form. I <laughs> that shit must you be. Yeah. Even Santa Lab can't that score. That shit must you be. We're winning away. Wanderers, Wanderers fans are already calling for Popovich's head. I reckon if he loses the derby again... By a big margin? They haven't, they haven't won it in, what, three years or something? Mm-hmm. Um, he could very well go. I Personally, I think he should go now because it's clear they need... Something needs to happen, but if he loses a derby again, which is technically, interested in him. I think yeah. he might be out end of the season because it's technically their home game. So if they lose again at home, it's uh, if they lose by a big we'll margin, Twitter is going to be popcorn. Yes, I'm happy for them to turn over their coach actually because I think they're our biggest threat for Paolo's future. So um, if they turn over a coach now and sign one for a couple of years, then who will be off us for a couple? I remember yeah. hearing something about that. How. Um, that some weird rim about Paolo about Wanderers wanting Paolo, which hopefully doesn't happen. Hopefully we will keep back on. They wanted him as an assistant, like sort of maybe a year in, I think. Yeah. But no, Marconi history, came, but Western Sydney history, yeah. being an assistant coach at Gold Coast. Yeah. Right fit. That's for why them, we so. need to re-sign Paolo ASAP as mm-hmm. well. Exactly, or at least do that very cleverly. Right, Perth Glory at home against Brisbane. So I thought this was the toughest a, one. Is this 10 a, o'clock this on is a Saturday. triple header. It is. Saturday is a triple header. Oh, wow. That'll be fun. Perth against Brisbane. Oh. Probably the hardest game to pick. This is, this is what yeah, I thought. I'm thinking the same thing. Perth are just, you know, they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde. And Brisbane, their number of games is going to catch up with them. China last week, um, I don't think, helped their cause. And uh, so Perth at home and of coming off 5-0, they'll be confident. But then Brisbane... Uh, Pretty good. They'd they'd be pretty confident too, even after last week. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit on the fence and go draw. Yeah, Perth are just Perth are just too inconsistent for me. But Way they are. But they are at home. No, I reckon I'm gonna. But they are at home. That's the only a, thing. That's a gamble this one. Say so Brisbane, they're gonna win this. Yeah. Mm. I'm, see, I'm, I'm leaning towards Brisbane as well, but Brisbane collapsed under an inexperienced Melbourne City. Yeah, and so, so and, and I dare say that was pick. maybe a little bit of fitness involved in that collapse um, mm. because of you know travelling to China. This can't be an easy thing. It was three days before, so I'm actually going to pick. 
Perth, but I'm going to do it with no confidence. Mm. And, well, in, in saying that, there was a lot of travel for them as well because apparently they left Shanghai on the Thursday, flew into Sydney and then flew straight from Sydney to Melbourne. So they hadn't even been back to Brisbane in a long time and now they have to go all the way to Perth. Tough schedule. So mm. I'm going to go to Perth. Yeah, but I need to start beating you on the tips, so... Yeah, I'm going to go to Perth. So you're now just, you're tipping what I'm not. You're just doing yeah. the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so I don't read into my decision on this. Don't <laughs> worry, I should have you covered for the bottom spot by Pro- the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we're the last game at home against Victory. At home, home. This will be interesting. Home, home, home. Because home. if Victory play the same way they did last night, I doubt then they we're, a, we're a decent chance. But it'll be tough because I don't think they'll play like that no. against us. They'll probably they'll want to turn it around. Can they, though? Can they turn it around? I think they can. They can, They yeah. play the most attractive football in the league. By a long way. Mm. But Victory have this thing where they, they go really well and they obviously deserve to be where they are on the table, but they have this thing sort of every season where for a couple of weeks they play like shit. I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping that's now. There'll be a dodgy ref call, I bet you. Probably. Let's hope it goes that way then. Bruce will think... dive in the box. Mm. And get sent off. No, I think uh, the snake played a good old 60 minutes last night and did absolutely nothing. Oh. So I think Calfella <laughs> will start. Um, I hope not. I think Calfella it's will start. Austin, by the and way. That's dangerous. Um, I want that. Uh, you want Austin to start? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would Bring too. Bring it on. Like win. Yeah. Um, so we can cheer for him. We can catch his crosses in the bay. <laughs> With the players they've got, the, 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 train li- the train line will be catching his crosses, not us. <laughs> Probably. They're too dangerous. And the big thing is Monty out. Mm, that is yes. tough for us. Mm. Can we cover so it? who comes in? Who comes in with McGing in midfield? This is the thing now. Beza, probably. Yeah, that's what yeah, I think. Barry. And I and think we should feel okay about that. Yeah, well, I think like we said before, McGing stood up on the weekend when Monty maybe didn't have his best game. So now that Beza's going to come in, I think McGing will be confident. I think Paolo will be confident in him that he can make the step up without Monty. Now it's just who plays... Where do you put Barry in Monty's position and just do a straight swap? Do you push, yeah. push McGing up a little bit or do you put Beza back where McGing is? I think you, you, st- you stay with McGing where he is because he's yeah, playing I think so that well. Too. So he's Possi- got some tinkering to do. Possibility that we might see Ascroft? What's the story there? I haven't got yeah, my it's a weird situation, isn't it? Because what he, Ascroft came in when was it someone was out. Oh, when Posco was out for that, that time and he mm. played centre-back and then he scored against Perth. And that was the first of and these. And then as soon as Posco yeah. came back, he was on the bench. So I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe and then but the next week be he was missing option. altogether. So. That would be yeah. another option. Move Rosie back into the midfield with uh, Jakey McGing and, and bring, uh, yeah, put Ascroft with Ascroft. Posco. That's, that's, that's a great... That, that's, I didn't think of that. That's a good one, Aaron. So how do we do with Roas? Um, kill him. <laughs> yeah, I kicked the shit out of him springs to mind. Well, <laughs> Hoffman basically hacked the shit out of him last night for it the worked. Jets, and it worked. So mm. like, who's who's going to be marking him, Rue or Galloway? I'm confident in that Scotty can do the job because Galloway prob- against his former side as well, will, and Payne. He will probably know how Rojas will play. Hopefully, so that's the only thing. Will if, he be quick enough to deal with him though? Probably not. If he gets if Rojas gets past, he'll be gone. I think. But hopefully, Scotty's matured enough. And um, he'll know how he plays. And so. remember the last time we played him in in Melbourne wasn't that great when we got beaten pretty easily. But I yeah. think it's a different we're, we're a different team now. Learning experience, hopefully that is. And yeah. And if and when the speed issue is an issue, then I think Posco can uh, 
give that little bit of speed. You want a man marking? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think I haven't got I haven't got the table in front of me, but there's the potential that we could be in the six by the end of this round. I think we we need Newcastle and Western Sydney both to lose and us to win, and we're in the six. We're in the six by a point. Yep. I think. Yep. Yeah, we're on nineteen. Um, Wanderers and Newcastle twenty one. Yeah, Jets so and Wanderers that's, 21. That's, that's so a big ask. We'd need fix Phoenix to lose or draw. Newcastle, Western Sydney to lose. Western Sydney probably will lose. And then Newcastle have Adelaide. So I think it's a big game for Newcastle because if they win that in the leading into the derby, they'll probably be mm. confident. Yeah. If they lose or draw... Then I, they won't be as. I don't think they'll be as confident. And if we get a good result against Victory, we'll go into the derby with a lot of confidence. Yeah. So it's it's a massive few weeks. And I think if you said a month ago that we were a win off being in the six, um, I would have slapped you across the face. So yep, it's going to be tough this weekend. But good things are happening. Right, and that's it for the round. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to sidelines. Um, I've been down there for a while. I need to get back down there, mate. I was there last week. It was uh, Josh very is good. a frequenter. Yes, because it's great food. Sidelines, very good. Thank you. Filled my stomach very well. Thank you. Speaking of which, I'm hungry and I want one of those bacon and the maple waffles burger. and maple. Oh, that thing. Oh. The one you ate with a knife and fork. Oh, how good was oh, it? Oh, God. How good was it? Hmm? Oh, well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. It's good night from me and it's good night from him. I didn't point out to Liam Rose that Stand By Me is uh, one of their songs, Victories. No, I was thinking of it's on too. Mm. Oh, yeah, true. Powerful. So what, what Follow Me song was he talking about? Mm. I don't know. I was wondering that too. Could be a good song. The only song that I know that's called Follow Me is by a band called Transit, but it's probably not that. Oh, it could be Uncle Cracker. Oh, yeah. Up the Crackers. Not this one, is it? Well, there is some breaking news. Luongo just signed a long, new long-term deal with QPR. Oh, not us. It was announced this nine song? minutes ago. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Do you this. reckon this is the song he's talking about? Yeah, probably. You don't know how you met me. I, I still remember all the lyrics. Yeah, definitely. There's something familiar about it. Did we actually see a video of it or something? No. I don't know. It's crap. I'm going to put some uh, effects on it. I hate this song. Anyway, so this is what Rosie's saying, I guess. Oh. Uh,